we're trying to get the word out to the community to brace themselves. We, we just hope this thing's not going to develop into a real funnel. And in a situation like this, you <clears throat> really don't want to take the advice from medical to see minus astrophysics. What are your favorite kinds of woods? We use words like honor, code, loyalty. Live from Clifford Studio in East Austin, welcome to Morty Unleashed with Joe and Jamie. And boom goes the dynamite. And boom goes the dynamite. Episode number three, Joe. Is it three? It's three. Oh actually, God. it's been like five, but we ditched two of them because they both sucked. Yeah, they did suck. Yeah, actually. so uh, this is, uh, we just did one with uh, with our buddy, uh, um, Professor Brown. Dr. Brown? Dr. Brown, but he's only got a, a master's degree, so he's not a, really a doctor like you. Yeah. Uh, live from Clifford Studios, you're here with Morty Unleashed, Jamie and Joe. We've got a couple guests in here. This podcast is actually going to be about the millennials. So I've snagged two millennials from Austin, Texas here. Uh, two gentlemen that I've met through uh, the gym over at Gold's Gym down on 6th Street. Um, we have a million questions because Joe and I are both. I'm Gen X. You are at the end of Gen X. I have no idea. Okay, Joe is has no idea where he's at. I believe you're a Gen Xer. I think so. At the end of Gen X. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, What's after that? Uh, Gen X, uh, Gen, Gen, Gen No, millen- millennials. Millennials, yeah. It goes baby boomers, Gen X, millennials, Gen Z, and then the new one's Gen Alpha. What? Yeah, Gen Alpha or Gen Polar because of the melting of the polar ice caps. Ah. Yeah, so I don't really think. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce my, our guests today. We'll start off with Alex. Alex, say your last name because no one else can. It's Vandendries. Vandendries. Yes. Alex, Dutch. how? It's Dutch? It's Dutch, yes. Anything with a van to start off with is most likely Dutch. Were you born, Actually, in, I think were you born in a van? Born and raised in San Antonio. Born and raised in San Antonio. Yeah. How old are you? Dutch. I'm 30 years old. 30 years old. 30 Smack, years. you guys are right at the front edge of the millennials. Darren, say your name, your age, where you're from. Darren McIlvain. I'm also 30 years old and from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Some of the worst freaking crowds in the world. <laughs> this sure can be. <laughs> Whether they win or lose, they riot. And that's the, I mean, they wrap the polls there. So whether they win or lose, they're going to climb the poles and they're going to tip over cars, light them on fire. And, you know, it is. Uh <clears throat> What's interesting to myself and to Joe, we were talking about this, is what is it like to be single? You guys are both single, mm. never married, right? Correct. Never married. Never, never married. married. No. Um, both single, living in Austin, Texas. You both have college degrees. Where did you go to school at? Alex? Tex- Texas State. Texas State. What was, your, what was your degree in? It was finance. Finance, mm-hmm. Darren? Temple University in Philadelphia and marketing degree. And neither one of those... To neither one of those colleges are accredited universities, right? <laughs> I, I, I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. Either one of you do sports in college? I did not, know. Loser. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I rode crew collegially for about a year. That's, really, really, that's pretty badass. Bad. It was cool. That's awesome. Actually, UC Davis has a really good crew team and uh, for California, um, and I, I didn't do crew. I'm sorry. Oh no, it's okay. <laughs> uh, I thought UT just won, didn't like the yeah. UT they, crew just UT's like, got sweet. a great crew team. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, they Did got I? they don't they train on Lady Bird Lake? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I see yeah, them yeah, all they the do time. Train on mm-hmm. that's hobo piss that they they yeah. crew in 
hobo piss. And mm-hmm. I just like, I always crack up when I see um, the people out there on, uh, what do they call that place when they all get together? Um, oh, out, the sandbar? The sandbar. Where, they, where they're partying? Yeah. yeah. They all get their kayaks and like, have you been there, Darren? It's oh, like, yeah. It's like everyone, you can like stand up pretty much. And it's like. Have you gone out there? I uh, have yeah. briefly. I would never get in that water. Talk about standing in a pool of piss. I right? mean, <laughs> I, I paddled board for like a year and then I was just like, I was disgusted. Mm-hmm. Well, it's at like the entrance to uh, uh, Barton Creek, right? Correct. Yeah. So it's mostly like the fresh water coming out. Yeah, you maybe can, not yeah. after hours of drunk people pissing. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not on like a Saturday. Dead hobos and then the uh, the who's the what's the killer's name? The, the rainy street. The rainy street. I don't street know. Ripper. Drowner. Yeah. Still, still wanted right now. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I still want. They're like five people dead, four people. No, a lot. Like that, that, so, what, what, define a lot. So this is, I mean, so the rainy street killer has happened. I mean, it's. Gain traction recently. So, well, as far as like, you know, notoriety and like people like looking yeah, at like it. Like Ted Bundy. But yeah. I mean, people have gone missing since. I mean, so I work at a bar on Rainy Street. And so I, uh, I mean, there, there's been people that have been missing since, you know, it's been happening since I've been working there 2018. It's 2018, 2019. Are you but, the. Uh, I cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> we did it. We solved it. Yeah. We, <laughs> Congratulations. No, but it's um, it's happening much, much more, like, frequently. So, like, you would hear stuff, like, you know, once every, you know, several months of something happening, someone that's on Rainy Street that gets, like, super hammered and then, you know, ends up in a lake. And are, then, they, are they roofing them, themselves? I, no. Hoping I, that someone will take them home with I mean, it's just like something happened. Like they're usually super drunk, you know, and then people are looking for them, and next thing you know, they end up in the lake. Um, but now it's happening. What much is more? What's the what's the theory going around on on Rainy Street as far as like as what, far as that, that? Yeah. What? Um. I mean, what does the night night crowd think? So is it just drunk people falling into the lake, or is it actually? I mean, the past. I mean, the past like two or three have been after like you know, midnight and then 2 a.m. And then both people, um, one of which actually lived in my apartment complex. Really? Yeah. Um, the guy back in February. And so it was, uh, he he was missing at just past 2 a.m. People didn't know where he was. And then I believe like six or seven days later, they found him in the uh, in the lake. So that was one, but that was, we don't know. I mean, I don't know, but that's what happened. And then supposedly there is. A it's like a murder mystery show now. Thanks it a lot, Joe. So become a true crime file. Yeah, true crime files. So from what I could, um, from what I heard from someone else that like lived in my apartment complex, this supposedly a homeless per- person saw this person back in February trip and fall into the lake. The homeless person. This was super super cold. I don't know what the exact temperature was, was, but um, trip and fall into the lake, and then the homeless person tried to save him, was in the water, ended up going to the hospital, and then um, they said, the homeless person was like, hey, someone fell into the lake. They tried to, you know, people would try to find him then, and then couldn't find him. Six days later, they found him. This is all, like, I don't, this is all, like, hearsay, so I don't yeah. know, 100%. You know what's so funny? You guys like, ever seen uh, Talladega Nights with uh, Ricky Bobby, the Ballad of Ricky Ballad? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. You remember when he gets in front of the microphone, and then 
he starts talking with his hands and like different voice. That reminds me of what Alex is doing right now because he is literally <laughs> talking. What do you want me to do with my my hands? My hands? No, it's fine. <laughs> hand talker. No, yeah. I mean, that's that's what I heard back in. About the hands? About the hands, yeah, <laughs> but back in February. So. All right, well, that brings us into actually what we're looking for is murder mystery. No, is that <laughs> you both have college degrees, mm-hmm. and I've seen this throughout your millennial um, age group is you guys are both had nine-to-fives, and you ditched the nine-to-fives to do – the only thing I can say is like blue-collar work, um, which is completely interesting to me. Is because what you're supposed to do, because mom and dad tells you, go to high school, get good grades, go to college, get married, have kids, and then start. Start a 401k. <laughs> start a 401k. Yeah. yeah. Uh, get a drug habit, lose the first wife, go to, no. Um, but you guys have broken the mold on that as far as that's been going. But go ahead and tell me, let's go ahead and start with you, Alex, since you already brought up that you're. You work at a, where do you work? I work, uh, so I work at Unbarlievable on Rainy Street. Okay. It's a bar on Rainy Street. Um, I've been there part-time, full-time for almost five years now. Now, what did you so, do after college? So, graduated from Texas State Finance. I moved out of state to Colorado Springs, and I took a job in corporate America. I wanted, like, the, I'm born and raised in the San Antonio area, so I went to school at Texas State, which is in a similar area, and I wanted, like, an out-of-state experience. And so I went to Colorado. I was like, you know, like let let loose, like meet new people, all kinds of stuff. Um, I was 22 and I worked for Ford Credit, which is like the finance side of Ford Motor. Um, And it was, it was cool. It was, I mean, it was a corporate America job. It was stereotypical, like business center. There's cubicles wherever you go. Um, But it was, I stayed up there for two and a half years. And then after like about 18 months, I was like, I got to get out of here. And so what, I was trying so to find you. You got like burned out or what, what happened? It was, I mean, I didn't really know too many people in Colorado because most of my, my mom and dad live in the San Antonio area and most of my friends are from Texas state. And so everyone's here like relatively in Austin. Um, and then two, it was like, it was corporate America. You show up like eight, 8 AM. You could leave at 5 PM Monday through Friday. And on top of that, like, you know, I felt like the amount of work and stress that I was, you know, putting it into this job wasn't coming out like financially. And so I was just more frustrated and I felt like I was like, not really. So you had the, you had the 401k, you had the health, the, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you had the, your, um, full benefits, full benefits, full everything. benefits. Yeah. And could you get a Ford card car? So um, when you work at Ford, you could get the, uh, I believe it's a plan is what it's called. And so it's like, you know, if you want a new car, it's the best deal. How are the girls in uh, Colorado Springs? Yeah. Not great. Dem- Not great. Dem- Denver. Denver is like Denver reminds me a lot of Austin. What's yeah. that like? Denver. An hour and a half away. It's about an hour. hour. About an hour north. Yeah. Uh, but Denver, that's where I went out to like. Go out to the bars. Just not really hot chicks at the Air Force Academy up there, Colorado no. Springs. There's a, a, lot, of dudes, a, lot, a lot of dudes. A lot of like a lot of like uh, military. That's the military academy. Yeah. Yes. Well, there's Air Force Academy and there's an uh, army base there. As well, yeah, Fort Carson. Fort Carson. So very conservative um, there. Yeah, yeah, and it's very conservative. Yeah, but so okay. So let's track this. Um, that's your front story. That's what you did, Alex. What did you do, Darren? I mean, Darren. Alex pointing wrong people. Yeah, uh, Darren. 
Darren, what did you, what did you, you went to school and how did you end up here? Yeah. So when I first graduated Temple University, I came out and I was in a sales job and to Alex's point, right? Financially, not the best for how much stress you were under, but it's like, Hey, you're just excited to get a job right after college, right? Still living at home. Uh, just a kind of a chance to bankroll. I'd say it was probably like, it was sometime during when I was going to college that I was like, you know, I've been in Philly my whole life. I, I knew I wanted to get out of Philly. Like, I love it. Love the community there. As you know, we talked about this earlier. Huge Eagles fans. Go Birds. <laughs> but um, I was just like, there's got to be more to life than just kind of staying in the same area that I grew up in, right? Okay. And uh, as I'm sure you also know, I'm a big outdoor enthusiast, and I was kind of looking for that work-life balance. And the more research I did, because I thought I wanted to move to Florida – I was like, nah, Florida's just kind of one-dimensional, you know? It's mainly retirees. It's it's just not all it's cracked up to be. And all the research I did, like Austin, Texas, like top 10 cities, young professionals, top 10 cities for just outdoor enthusiasts, et cetera, et cetera. So I said, you know what? What the hell? Like, we'll go there, and if we don't like it, we could always turn around and come back, right? Sure. And when I first came down to Austin, so this would have been four years. I've been here four years now. Uh, I was working in cybersecurity sales. And uh, to kind of mirror Alex's point, it was so monotonous and mundane. It's not that I didn't like the people I was with. It's not that I didn't like the atmosphere, but it's just like every day I'm going to work at eight, leaving at five. It's like, this is like five out of seven days a week. This is just a huge chunk of my life that I'm just kind of just living to work. And then kind of that, that's it. Like what else is there? Whereas now it's funny that I work for myself in a lot of ways. I work even more. But the harder I work, it definitely pays off financially, I mean, right? Did, did, and, did you guys both look at like, okay, you've seen guys that were there that had been, gotten there earlier than you did that were two or three years into the job before you, and projection, where were you going to go? Did that scare you? It scared me in the sense it's going to sound a little weird, in like a golden handcuff sense. Like I was able to leave the 9 to 5 because I feel as I was an account executive – and I was kind of underpaid, especially in this market, whereas the trajectory wasn't terrible, right? Like, you know, you're making maybe close to 150K a year. Like, I'm not, that's nothing to scoff at, right? But I was just like, wow, if I get into that scenario where I'm making that kind of money, how do you pull away from that? Because ultimately, I wasn't going to be happy. Right. You know, ultimately, it's going to be the same shit no matter what, the lack of flexibility. Whereas where I'm at now, like, yeah, I'm grinding, but if I wanted to, I don't do this. But if I wanted to just, like, take two weeks and go travel or do something, I could. And it's a lot more fulfilling. I meet a lot of entrepreneurs when I'm doing I guess I didn't say this. Uh, I work for TaskRabbit now. I don't know if you guys are familiar. You, but you work for an app. It, it, basically. Basically, <laughs> basically what the app is is free marketing. Right. And so that's kind of how I got uh, my foot in the door in the entrepreneurial role. Uh, I was living with a buddy at the time that moved down here and transferred with Trader Joe's. And he quit it. So as you can imagine, not making a lot of money. And he quit and he fired up this app. And in his first month, it wasn't like some crazy amount, but he showed me what he made and he was only working part time. And I was like, damn, like I'm pretty financially secure right now. If I just jump ship and can replicate that in my first month, what can we do in a year? And it uh, far exceeded my expectations in the first few months. I think uh, as soon as I hit the ground running in 2021, I blew out my corporate salary in the sales world and I was stunned and I was having more fun than ever before. I'm sure we'll get to that later in the yeah. podcast, but yeah. And so Alex and you came down here. Did you get a nine to five when you first came down here? Yeah. So I moved down here January of 2018 and then I took, I just needed a job to get a job and I wanted to work in sales and took, so I took a sales job it was on sixth street and, um, 
about a week or two when I was working at the sales job, I run into literally at Gold's downtown where we all know each other. <laughs> um, I run into um, one of my friends from Texas State and he was managing a bar in San Marcos and now he was managing a bar on Dirty Sixth Street. Um, and he was like, hey, like, would you be interested in being a bouncer on Dirty Six? I'm 25 years old. I just moved to Austin. I'm single. I'm like, hell yes, I'm down <laughs> 100%. Um, but, I mean, that meant that, you know, Monday through Friday, 40 hours, and then Fridays were really long. So after 5 p.m., I would start work at the bar at 7.30 and not be done till 4 a.m. So Friday, Fridays I would work probably like, you know, 15, 16 hours. And then Saturdays I would do it again 7.30 till whenever – um, and so I did that for about eight months. And then one of the operational managers was like, Hey, do you, do you want to work Sundays on rainy street where I work right now? And I was like, fuck it. I was like, grind, whatever. Like, get, so are yeah. you putting in more time now? I'm putting in less time now. You're less time now. Yeah. Uh, and see, that's, that's what, I mean, Joe is, <laughs> we, we, we don't want to talk about us cause I did. I did more than nine to five, <laughs> and I. I don't. I, I don't miss it. But I mean, what I'm looking at you guys is how do you guys cover yourself for like 401ks? How do mm-hmm. you carry, cover yourself for health insurance? Yeah. Um, all the stuff, all the accoutrements that you got with that. Is it? Can you? Are you making as much or more? And was it a good move? For sure. You want to go? Darren? Yeah. Oh yeah. So. Uh, like I said, in my first year, and we'll see how the consistency goes because ultimately I want to layer on. I don't want to just run around and do task sure. all the time. You know, I want to have investment properties, some things we've talked about at Gold's. Um, I, I smashed what I made in the corporate world my first year, and I did it basically working 10 months. Uh, it was a hell of a grind over the summer. Then towards the end of the year in the winter, it kind of slowed down. And I, was, I was ready for the reprieve. Uh, to answer your question about the 401k and the health benefits, as of now, the, like this is still kind of in its infancy stages, if you will. I don't have the health benefits quite figured out yet. As far as um, the 401k, um, I'm a pretty good money manager. There's still a ton that I can learn. I basically put money into, I guess, more or less like conservative stocks. Uh, My main platform for that would be Robinhood right now, just because it's easy. It's, you know, user friendly. All that Dogecoin, yeah. Uh, Once upon a time, you could have gotten pretty rich off of that. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I, I carry probably a little too much cash on hand, just as we talked about. You never know when the markets could collapse sure. and what kind of opportunities are going to be out there. Uh, as soon as I quit my job, it's amazing how your mind will race to try to like make ends meet. And, and I did it when I was you know, in a financially comfortable situation, so it kind of allowed me to move on. But yeah, so as of now, putting in a little bit of money into the stocks, um, a really good money manager with savings. I do have a rental property actually not far from Clifford Studio here. Um, and that right now, you know, we're doing a little bit more than break even. But hey, it's all learning experience. And ultimately, my goal for retirement wouldn't really to have just like this big pot of money. It needs to be a reoccurring revenue. So I've always kind of thought about rental properties because it's like even once you retire, like... If you're just living off a big pot of money, like that could inevitably dry up. But if you have reoccurring revenue every single month when you're not doing like almost like mailbox money, right? Well, that's how you can kind of keep the longevity and, you know, keep it sustainable. So that's what I'm doing. Again, like I'm no expert right now. It's my this I'm going on my second year right now. Um, and it's just there's no turning back to that. Have you, heard, have you heard of catastrophic insurance? Catastrophic. Uh, no, not exactly. <laughs> catastrophic insurance is. 
uh, once you hit a certain limit, let's say it's $20,000, they come in and they cover after that. And I, I know a lot of guys that, that are in the kind of same gig that you guys are doing, kind of a blue collar, they get catastrophic insurance. It's not very expensive because chances are you guys are young, healthy, and you're not going to, you know, you know, if you get hit by a Mack truck, nobody cares because nobody pays at the point. <laughs> but you break a break an arm, break something, and, it, and it's got to go extended. Then you don't have you don't have the that. And I don't, I don't know if I mean look into it. I don't I have no, no idea. Hey, I will take all the advice I can get for. Uh, sure. Like how's said, how's no the rental expert. property? Has it been uh... so? <laughs> fucking headache to be honest well it's just it's one of those things we bought the property was september 2020 and it was meant to be a flip height of the height of the market height of the market meant to be a flip may of 2021 is really when that would have started to fall apart and essentially we got a little backlog with renovations and contractors i'm sure you both know how that can be oh yeah and so we had to pivot we we made it into an airbnb because we were like all right well we're not gonna drop our pants we have all this sweat equity into it no reason to take a loss. The housing market ultimately not going anywhere in Austin. And so we turned it into an Airbnb, and that was very successful early on. Sure enough, like we get a knock on the door, so to speak, and they're coming after us for short-term rental permits. And we're there's like a rule because it would have been a type two. We had a commercial loan where you can't be within like a 1,000 feet of another short-term rental. That's just like one of the stipulations. And we were like, 999 <laughs> i swear like, i can't make this shit up and so we were like you know what we're not even going to play games we put it on furnish finder started renting it out to travel nurses and the mortgage because of the way the loan is is so freaking high that uh essentially we just we at least cover our own and maybe make a few bucks but at the end of the day it's like i'm going to recoup the investment it's just a matter of when and like i was telling jamie at the gym it's like yeah you know it's kind of like hidden money right now that someday i'll have to yeah, yeah. be able to go reinvest somewhere else you did know? you hook so up with cool. any of the travel nurses yes or no i, I have not okay no. just it's a question i can't say so my we'll business do... partner has it. he's That's a sneaky a... one <laughs> <laughs> could, you, could you refi it with like a residential loan so a... we actually we did refi because at one point man it was like 11 percent or some crazy Ooh. shit like that and it Ooh. came all the way down credit like card 7.2 yeah uh, which is still a little high and then we had um because my business partner was dealing with a lot of it when I was at the height of TaskRabbit, uh, we had something where if we sold it within the first year, there'd be what's called like a prepayment penalty. So we had to make sure we float it until at least actually June next month, that prepayment penalty will fall off. And then we'll probably look to refi it again so that we can at least like, you know, not break our balls on the property. But hey, again, it's a learning experience. I was just, I was ready to get after something. Yeah. Well, I mean, could you sell it for more now? Could you? Right now, I think if it? we were to sell it, I still think like... I still wash. think right now we'd be – it wouldn't be – I still think it would be around that break-even point. Yeah. And we're just at the point where he, – he actually even talked about maybe keeping it long-term and just buying me out. And I said, hey, you know. So I'm open to options. At one point, though, man, I was, like, depressed over this thing. Yeah, it's Like, stressful. you know, you think, like, having a house is so great. And, you know, it can be. You're, like, two, yeah, you know, yeah. what you're 30 now, so just you're, like, two, 30, you're 20-something yeah. and you're depressed. 28, yeah. Like, 28 just, and just depressed. Pissed, just pissed off. Were you ever like, depressed <laughs> when you are 28? No. Like – No. No. I was just angry. Yeah. <laughs> angry, yes. Yeah, angry all the time. All the time. I was an angry young man. Uh, uh, yeah. um, Alex, tell us your, your gig and what do you do now? Um, so, I mean, so I got like, are you talking about being a mortgage broker? Yeah, mortgage yeah. broker. And then, and then you, what do you transition to? Um, as far as... Well, you went full-time instead of part-time at the bar. No, I'm still full-time at the bar. You're full-time? Full-time. No, but yeah. were you full-time at the bar while you are doing the mortgage before? Mm-hmm. 
I've always been full time. You've always been full time. Yeah. So now, double are, dipping. I like. Were that. you know, making? Yeah. Well, no. That's I always. I always like guys that have. Everyone that I know that's been successful always has two. You know, has has their regular job and then mm-hmm. grinds. And yeah. you, the grind can be a whole a billion different things. It could be rental property. It could be a you know a second job that's a part time job, but it's a grind. Mm-hmm. And I always kept. Um, I flew for the airlines. Excuse me. And. Uh, I always kept my job in the military as a reservist. Yeah. So I always had two grinds, which always helped because the airlines were really always they're they're either fast, you know, they're the feast or famine, and you could be furloughed in a heartbeat, but you always had a job flying for the airlines mm-hmm. or for the the military. Well, I never saw that like it was going to be basically my full time job, <laughs> and uh, I got you know after nine eleven I got a call and it was uh, two thousand three to till like twenty. 2014, I was uh, full-time active duty, and then I went back to the airlines. But at the at the, the plan was, you know, fly the weekends for the for the military, fly during the week for uh, the airlines, keep that grind going, get two retirements, kind of like that. Mm-hmm. But double grinding to me is is great. But I, it's very interesting because I do meet a lot of guys within your your age group that have said, "Fuck this, I'm not going to do the nine to five. Yeah, and um, working to die. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, kind of to go off of what Darren's point was, uh, big thing is, like, people that do do, like, I guess kind of, like, similar work that we do, you got to make sure that you're covering yourself, you know, kind of, like, financially, too. Like, you can't, working in the bar industry and then, you know, Darren's in TaskRabbit or whatever gig work you're in, like, you have to, all these people aren't astute and good, like, have financial literacy whatsoever. Right. And so that's been a big thing on, on, both of us. And so we're both very like, you know, we make, you know, pretty, pretty solid money based on like the work that we do, but we're very conscious about where it goes and where we put it. So, um, what would you say like the average bartender in Austin, are they at all savvy or like, as far as that? No. And no. so I'm, a, <laughs> no, not at all. Is that a no. <laughs> no, not at no. all. And the, the thing is like, I'm I'm a bouncer, and so I I don't necessarily get the same pay as a bartender. But they, I mean, a lot of these people in the industry are notoriously they go out and they go, they party and like they have a good time because that's where you work. That's where, where all your friends are at. Be hard not so to, right? It is hard, but like if you get like for me, I was like if I get caught up into this party lifestyle, and like I was still partying when I first moved to Austin when I was 25, like 25, 26, and then coronavirus was a big thing for me. To really in a good like, way or a bad way? It was great. I mean, I've, I've changed a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. just in the past, like, you know, just over three years was, like, I went from, like, you know, graduating finance, top of my class, to, you know, corporate America, oh, Alex is doing so good, to moving to Austin, taking a sales job, and I was like, okay, I'm going to work at the bar and, like, kind of figure it out. And then after nine months of, like, quote, unquote, figuring it out and trying different things, now I'm, now I'm unemployed. And so that's kind of, like, in my mentality, I was like, I have to like make some moves. I have to make some risks. And so I kind of started getting really into kind of like Darren was saying, like, you know, stocks and the stock market and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, I, I started options trading and it's risky. I know it is risky, but the, I learned a lot and thankfully I didn't, I came up on top a good amount because I, you know, took some risk from like March to, you know, about, September, October, 2020. Did you get in on the GameStop? I did not. No, <laughs> no. Nope. I, I went pretty heavy. Media, though. Yeah, a buddy of mine did. No, I, I didn't. 
but I went pretty heavy on the cyclicals, like the uh, cruise, airlines, yeah. um, all that kind of stuff. And then um, as far as 401k goes, like, you know, people just aren't super literate when it comes to that kind of stuff. And so, you know, always like have, like, if you if you can just open up a Roth IRA and just make sure like you, you max it out every year and make sure that like... Make sure you don't get married. Make sure you don't have any kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be, you'll be fine. fucking fine. You'll be one hundred percent great. <laughs> exactly. Save a shit ton of money that way. Yeah, yeah. but shit. but like, long story short, like it was like kind of a thing where I'm like, you know what, I can do whatever I want as long as I have this, you know, baseline covered. And so that was really nice. I mean, I, I'm sure Darren, you don't want to work for TaskRabbit forever. I don't want to work at the bar forever. But in the meantime, like, you know, we're still relatively young. As long as we have, you know, our bases covered in that area, like it makes sense to me. Now, now this is why we really brought you in here. It's kind of like a, we're going to surprise you. You guys got to tell us about how's dating in Austin, Texas. That's what we want. How does it work? Oh God. How does it work Uh, these days? Yeah. How does it work? I mean, have have you guys, since you got out of college, have you guys met anybody organically? When I mean organically, I'm not saying that you're high. I'm saying that organically that you met them at a coffee shop. You met them doing whatever you're doing. Um, Is it all online? No. So I would say early on when I first moved down here, just because, like, you don't know too many people. I was fortunate enough to move down here with my best friend. But, uh, so, I, you know, I hopped on Hinge and Tinder and all those things. And uh, that's kind of how you get your small little roster and so going when you, when you first moved down here. Uh, but then after that, I mean, I know this is going to sound obvious, but – all of my best connections here I've met organically. So whether that be at the green belt, shooting the shit, like people that have like hobbies, right? Whether it's at the paddleboard spot that he's talking about earlier. Um, uh, not so much a coffee shop. Uh, of course, at the bar, but y- you know how that goes. That's just, you know, sometimes one night love and, and things like that. <laughs> but yeah, when I first moved God, to Austin, I miss that. Oh, it was insane. Like, uh, I don't know how I should say this. Like I, So I spent 25 years in Philly and I would say my first year in Austin, I um, met up with more women or but hooked clean, up clean with more up. women yeah. <laughs> than I ever did in Philly. Right. That's so crazy. it was just, it was insane. It was literally like shooting fish in a barrel. Everybody's here for the same reasons. I don't they get the, get but I, do you get a Philly like accent at all? I don't get it. No, not too much. No. Sometimes certain words, you, you know, if I say like home. If you go back there, does it come out? Like if I go back to Charleston, I, I turn into a redneck immediately. It doesn't come, <laughs> if I go back, it doesn't come out, but I now recognize their accent. Cause when you live there, you're like, what do you mean we have an accent? And then you leave yeah. for a couple of years, you go back and it's like, Oh, oh, like, oh, yeah, we're going to Delco. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh shit. shit. Yeah, no, it's there. Okay, uh, gotcha. So, but it does kind of make you want to throw around that slang. You think it's like, I guess, to, does it make it easier that you think people are like nicer here in Austin than up north, I guess? Significantly. But, yeah. Significantly. <laughs> so, like, people yeah. are more standoffish. Yeah, absolutely. And like so. I said, it's a cool community there. And, like, yeah. you know, they, they ultimately love you, but it's like, you, you walk down the street here, you wave, you have, it's just like, nah, yeah. everybody's in their own lane up there. Yeah. Different speed for sure. Yeah. I did, I did like two years in Massachusetts and like everybody there, like once they got to know you, they were nice, but just like initially they just had to be an asshole. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, Why the fuck are you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking here. I'm walking, <laughs> yeah. walking here. Why are you fucking talking to me? It's because it's so fucking yeah. cold and there's nothing to do. That's why yeah, they're all yeah. miserable. Yeah. 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 Once, once they get to know you, they're nice, but yeah. For sure. Yeah. So how about you, Alex? I mean, yeah. yeah I bet he's got like the best job in the world. Yeah. Like I hot mean, chicks, you come on in front of line. <laughs> you uh, do that? I, couldn't imagine. As do far you? as like the bar goes, like, so the first, 
I've been working there part-time, full-time for five years. And so the first, like, I'd say year, like, you know, these girls are like giving you all this attention, like pretty much just throwing themselves at you. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, like, this is like the most amazing Shooting thing ever. Fish in a barrel here. And you're like, yes. And you're just like, you know, like racking up numbers, blah, blah, blah. And then like, I mean, now it's been five years and I'm like, it just gets old. Cause they're the, the majority, I mean, not all of them, but like a good amount are like, you know, pretty fucked up. And then like, they're just like, well, yeah, it's just like, it's not attractive anymore. Like you're just like, this is, yeah, but just think, this is the same, no, rota- the same thing jaded. every single day. No, correct me. No, correct me. Cause I've been to Austin. I've been here since basically 99. Okay. Mm-hmm. This used to never be like a destination place for a bachelor party, bachelorette party. It used to not be. And now you got people coming in every weekend yeah. for a bachelorette party. Mm-hmm. My brother-in-law is coming in tomorrow for a bachelorette. Oh, oh, oh yeah, this in Nashville are just like unreal. Yeah, I'll send them to your bar. What's that? I'll send them to. Yeah, a, come on by. Unbarleyable. Unbarleyable. I do days. Drop, so. drop Joe's yep. name. Yeah. Yep, yep. And with uh, Joe Morty. Oh, yeah, Morty. 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 Morty, Morty Unleashed. <laughs> Perfect. Morty. Yeah. Uh, no, but it, to me, it's it's like. And, you know, now I'm dating, still dating, because I'm divorced, mm-hmm. uh, 27 ex-girlfriends, and former to Iraq. It's all fun. Heart attack. Heart, Heart attack. attack. <laughs> it's all fun. Everything's good. But yeah. I don't meet anyone organically. It's not. It's you're almost like a fucking weirdo if you come up to a girl at the bar. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's it's like, well. Are there any, there must be women at, at Gold's. I called no, not very many. Not many. Part not many. No. Yeah. No. 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 Meeting a girl at a gym is almost impossible, I feel like. They're just yeah. there to work out, and that's it. Yeah. And no, with the population, that's like, uh, who brought, I brought a buddy into the gym. I think it was Jeff Fry. And like, Jeff's like, is this just a dude's only gym? There's, and like, there's literally like less than five. I feel like, like almost I, every I'm time thinking, I go. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm thinking maybe like 2% of the membership is, is, at least that. At least it's working out on the floor. That's that's yeah. working out mm-hmm. that you see, and it's just like, and usually they're there with their boyfriend. Yeah, oh, which is you're just like, great. Mm-hmm. I squatted next to a girl yesterday. It was rocket ship. Yes. <laughs> yeah. did, you actually, talk, did you talk to her? No, I'm actually. This going to take away from the narrative. I'm. I'm also finally dating, but uh, a woman. Y- y'all, are, it's a woman I this am. time. <laughs> it is. Congratulations. <laughs> what are your pronouns? Uh, yeah, Mazel Tov. Do you have pronouns? Mister and Mister. <laughs> now, I, that's another thing. Are you guys woke? I'm not sure if you're woke or not. Uh, I wouldn't. Are you no, a he/she or not no? Woke. Not I'm binary. Not Definitely not. That's fine. <laughs> we just we're, trust. Me, we're not losing any of our audience because. Our audience doesn't care. <laughs> no, but it's like going out. Like when I was after college, I was in the military. But we would go out to bars, meet girls, yeah. meet girls, meet girls, and then you know you filter them out that way. Mm-hmm. But now it's like you got to be on an app to meet anyone. It's uh, so I was I was watching like the CEO of Bumble on CNBC the other day. She was saying like sixty percent of relationships now are through uh, online dating. Like yeah. of some sort, like only forty percent, like are in person. It's it kind of makes sense, right? Like well, it's like yeah. a big filter that applies very quickly, right? It does. So you can like filter out a lot of the bullshit, mm-hmm. yeah, fairly quickly. And I mean, at least like online, you you can always get catfished by old Joe at some point. But. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is this Joe? Is me? God damn it, Joe! Dang it! He makes all these profiles. <laughs> it's, it's the same telephone number, but a different he, profile. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh my Not god! Not me again. No, no. But it's to me, it's interesting that that you guys have have made the change from corporate blue collar, done really well blue collar, um, and kind of mapped it out that you guys are 
are trying to do something, you know, I don't know if this is a stopping point. It's definitely not a stopping point, but you guys want to morph out from here, but you don't really, do you really want to work for someone anymore? Never again. Never. So Darren says never again. I mean, I'm open to it. It would just have to be, it would have to make sense. Yeah. I I would basically, I would never want to go back into the same corporate structure where you have a leash on you. If I work for, it would be like maybe like a smaller startup and more of like a partnership. You know, because, like, in a way, there, there's a, a girl I work for. Her name's Addie, and I work under her, but it's still, like, I'm still a general contractor at the end of the day. Like, you know, I could still kind of do whatever I wanted. Obviously, it's a good partnership right now. I might end up starting to, like, sell some pools for her and shit like that. But I could never go back into I, – I can't imagine how desperate things would have to get for me to go back because when you're really searching for a way, like, you're going to succeed. It might take some time. Like, you're going to fail along the way, but it's, like – I want it so bad, and I so desperately don't want to go back to the way I was living, waking up every Monday morning, like, hating my life. Like, that's just no way to live. Mm-hmm. Now I wake up Monday. Sometimes it's slower. I have a decent work-life balance. Sometimes I'm slammed, you know, and that's cool, and I don't mind, and I'm not, like, anxious all day. It's great. Yeah, yeah. My, my niece is 26, graduated from uh, University of Oregon um, in marketing, Got a tech job, San Francisco, jumped from one one job to another job, always with bigger pay, better benefits. Boom, boom, boom. Fourth job, she's in San Diego with a great company, making a lot of money. Rented a house with another girl. They're paying way too much money, and they got laid off, both of them. And I've never seen, I mean, never seen so many people that like just, and, and I love her to death. She's a great girl. She's smart. She's really, she's gorgeous. And. And she'll do fine, but she took this like, like somebody stabbed her in the back, like, you know, and corporate America will do that to you. And all you got to do is you have to be prepared for that, but you can't get depressed about it. Yeah. You can't, but, but her, her answer was to my sister, uh, her mom was, you know, what we're thinking about doing her roommate and her both got let go within a month of each other. We're thinking about taking surfing lessons. <laughs> That's a good investment. That's a great uh, investment. Yeah. That'd be the last thing on my mind. It'd be like, hey, where's my next job? You know, got to got to yeah. keep on going. Mm-hmm. But um, it was so. I've heard so many stories about people jumping jobs, jumping jobs, jumping jobs. That's a normal way of life nowadays. It is, yeah. and yeah. and it's to me, it's like it would be just amazingly tough to keep the same people. I mean, you know, our parents, your grandparents. Worked for some people work for the company, their company, their entire career. And that was a normal thing. And then, you know, tech comes in and, you know, th- you're always looking for the better, the, the, you know, a piece of the a piece of the pie, more money, you know, more, you know, more days off, more this, that, that. And I get it, but, uh, that's the environment of today. And I, you know, I, I couldn't, I, I don't want to work for anybody either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's tough, especially when you get used to working for yourself or for me, I've been, you know, at the bar I've been at for a while that like, you know, everything you kind of like, you know, I don't make my own schedule, but I kind of get the hours that I want and how much I I need. Um, and so it's hard to go back to the alternative. Um, but at least I don't know about you, Darren, but my, I mean, my parents were like, pretty apprehensive when I made that You're what? You're a bouncer? No, like, and then uh, I remember, like, I was, like, burnt out, burnt out. And this was, um, so I've had jobs, like, but I've quit them. Like, I- I've taken nine to fives since I've been at the bar, but I'll, I'll quit after several months just because, like, I'm like, this, this is well, Let me ask you this. 
You guys get to talk to yourself when you're 18. Would you go back to college? Would you've gone to college? See, that is such a good question because I'll never say that I regret college because okay. even now How it's about like the debt. I mean, I was lucky. I didn't have a whole whole lot. I actually uh, I commuted to school three out of the four years, and that saved a shit ton of money. Temple ain't cheap um, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Temple's not cheap, but with in-state tuition, I, okay. I remember this is now like. God, going on like eight years. Oh now. my God, so it, it's been a little while now. Uh, and, but anyway, it's like because I still get to use my business acumen for what I do with my TaskRabbit services now. Like I, I know that might sound crazy, but it, it's a real thing. And ultimately, like I went to school for business because I was like, you either go to school for like business or like maybe a science or like you know engineering, or you need to have like a track in mind. Whereas I kind of felt like I was. Kind of going through school just because, like you said, that's just the way of the world, right? Like, you go to college, you get married, you do all these things. So if I had to go back, that's so tricky because part of me says I would do it differently and maybe instead of, like, having debt, I would go right into a trade school, pick up a skilled trade. Instead of going into debt, you're making a couple bucks, and then I'd probably have even more to offer now with my services, but it's funny, like – like a lot of the services I do now, like aren't even all that skilled and there's such an abundance of work. So I'm like, if I can make this much money doing this kind of like lower level trade stuff and I have this much more time to think of creative fun ideas or just, you know, socially have fun, depending. It's like, Oh, you really got me on a good question there. Uh, like I'd probably be like, you know what, man, go to trade school and <laughs> like, and, and, and we're going to, we're going to make it happen. I think, uh, and before I ask you, Alex, I think, America puts such a stigma on blue collar work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I, well, just I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you, but just in general, like this is there's part of a you know insecurity when I tell people that I am a bouncer. <laughs> no, I, I'm being serious. Awesome. Yeah, but like awesome. I know. I know some people like think it's cool. But can you hire Joe and me? Yes, you're done. Perfect. I, yes. <laughs> no, but like if you do, like I don't know, like like you, Darren, like if you work for TaskRabbit, but like. If you're in a social setting or whatever and you tell people that before I even got licensed to be a mortgage broker, um, you know, that was my full time job for a good amount. And then you're in a social setting and people are like, uh, like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a bouncer. And then they give you this weird look. And then like at first I was like, oh, no, but like, but I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And then look at this. I took this. Now I just don't I don't I don't acknowledge anything else. I was like, I'm a bouncer. And then I let them make their own like decision, whatever they want to do. Guess you're um, not getting in the bar. We're very <laughs> unsuspecting with probably how much money we make doing some of this stuff. Yeah, so, and yeah. well, not even like I, you don't need to like acknowledge that. And it's not like a crazy amount, but it's more than most people think. But it's like you know, it's the fact that blue collar work, whatever it is, like it's you know, it, it has it does have like a slightly negative stigma as opposed to like you know, I have friends that are like you know, senior data analysts for a tech company, and people are like oh. Like, yeah, like they, they, it's a good title and they're probably doing well. And like, I'm fucking happy for them. But at the same time, it's like, you know, there's a stigma behind blue collar work. It's just like, I have felt it's kind of uh, slightly annoying. To, Joe, like, do you work with any millennials at all? Yeah. At this thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What I'm like of, an old person there. And do, are, are they, are these guys reflective at all of, of the guys that are there or women? Um. Well, let's see. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, the, you don't have to drop every, names. I mean, just you know, job names are different, right? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, we have yeah, like senior data engineer. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I mean, they're all good guys, and they all have different backgrounds too. Like a lot of them came from um, 
like out of boot camps and things like that. So like they were doing other stuff and we're like, oh, I want to do software. Um, so it's kind of, I don't know, similar kind of strategy. There's like a different branch, in, you know, along the way. Sure. Now, did you guys date anybody at your work when you guys went? Oddly enough, never. Never. Like out of because like, I feel like that's one of the easiest place to meet a woman is like at work. You're spending. Well, all that I'm time talking together. not before, not when you're a bouncer Share because trauma. that's. <laughs> Wait, date anybody that I've worked with? Uh, yeah, did you date anybody? I never. What? No, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't even like. Because that used to be my, like I don't. That's like that used to be like the number one place to meet someone is where you work. Makes sense. Yeah, it it makes sense. Yeah. And now it's like no one cares. You spend Every, more time with them. Everyone's than you do with remote your now, so you never see them. You just see their face on Zoom. Yeah. I, so. I just saw that uh, everyone at the city council, the student council here in Austin, Texas. If you haven't been to Austin, Texas, you got to come. But uh, expect something different. Uh, the student council have just told that they have to come back to work full time, at like show up by October. Oh, I heard this. Yeah, yeah. and they're all like going, "We're gonna quit because they don't want to come back to work." Oh, they yeah. like the they like the Zoom PJs, you know. Well, if everybody's working remote, I want to know where the hell all this traffic's coming from still because it's yeah. been bad. When COVID, like one of my favorite things about COVID was just flying to work. Nobody on the road. Now it's like, dude, at the wrong time of day, like I want to pull my hair out. I'll literally upcharge clients if they make me come out. <laughs> I swear. Like if I'm sitting in an hour and a half around trip traffic, uh, F you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I hate to say this, but Clifford Studios is one of the best places ever to live because there's no traffic. I never go on I-35. It was amazing. You know? I just over here. get nice. Yeah. Just it's get, close. boom, done. Yeah, here, done. If I, if I want to be out of the city, I'm out of the city. I'm here. In my own backyard. The East is the it. best. Oh, the East is the best. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's uh, changed. It's changed quite a bit. It's yeah. The, gentrifying. When I moved in here, I was the only brand new house on the block being built. And uh, I was I just came back from Iraq. And uh, like a week before that, I had seen the house online, called my buddy, the real estate agent, came up, said, yeah, I want to buy it. So I came down here to close, do everything. And... Uh, Came in a little bit early. They let me stay at the house, and then I closed. And uh, my <clears throat> my stuff, my truck. There's no fences. There's no houses next door. There's nothing. And there was one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. Two uh, older gentlemen going through all my stuff on my back, oh, on geez. the back porch. And I came out with a shotgun, a flashlight, and a cell phone. <laughs> and I said, "What are you guys doing?" And they get, they literally go like this. They look at me and they go. We didn't know anybody lived here. My oh. truck's parked in the backyard, and you're going through stuff that you don't belong, that doesn't belong to you. And they go, Man. they look at me, and they must be in their 60s. And they're like, like, are you going to call the cops? And I go, nope. And that scared them more than me saying, yes, I'm calling the cops. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I said, I, I, go, uh, I go, let's walk out the front. So we walked around the front, and I said, uh, which way do you guys live? And they go, that way. I go. Go that way, you come back, I'll kill you. And they're like, We're not coming back. <laughs> yeah, I, I never had another problem in my life. That'll do nice. it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it. But we had hookers that they had pimps. They had all sorts of stuff Jesus. going on. Oh, God. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. yeah Sanchez, uh, Dirty Sanchez. Uh, uh, Harvey. Yeah. Harvey. Harvey. Yeah. A buddy of mine bought a house over here in like 2002, I think, oh, wow. like back in the day. And it was like, he would have hookers like knocking on his door asking for ice and water. <laughs> Are you water. serious? Yeah. yeah. And just like, yeah, just awful. Oh, wow. That's all my pimps and hookers everywhere. Yeah, all my friends that, that found out that I was, I was buying a house in the east side, they go, don't buy the house. <laughs> and I'm like, what did I buy? You know, right after that. And then it's like, 
Best purchase ever. Had. Oh, right. Definitely. Yeah. Now, all right. Here's another question. Worst date you've ever had in Austin, Texas. And I'm going to go with oh you God. as the second worst date because I already know your first worst date. Uh, but I'll say a different one. All right. Tell me a different <laughs> one. And I'll tell you mine. Uh, I mean, it wasn't, so it wasn't terrible. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, it, well, it wasn't great either. But um, so this is coronavirus. This is like summer of 2020. Okay. <laughs> and this is like no one's meeting, like limited contact. I mean, the restaurants are now open. Um, and so meet this girl on hinge and then talking or whatever. I'm like, okay, let's go to dinner. And so we're going to, and I, I was like, Hula Hut. It's like, you know, good classic, classic, classic. You know, good, yeah. good Mexican food. You got the water right there. Not it's, really good Mexican food. I mean, it's, it's, you ed- go there for the view. it's edible. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then, so we get there and, um, and I, and she's already there and she's facing the water and I show up I'm like, Hey, what's up? Nice to meet you. I'm Alex. And then I sit down, and then she has sunglasses on. And I'm like, okay, no big deal. And then literally, like, um, so, and then she also made a comment about my job. And that's, like, my pet peeve. I was like, don't, don't comment on my job about being a bouncer. Because she was a doctor. She was, like, uh, she did, uh, like, I think she was a chiropractor. Um, that's not a real doctor. Yeah, I know. But anyways, but th- that's what she was, that's what she did. And so um, she made a comment about that. And then, but she never took her sunglasses off. For an hour and a half, not a huge deal, but at the same time, like, I couldn't see her eyes for an hour and a half. And then, like, so it wasn't, like, an absolutely terrible day. That's not date, even but bad. That's not Lack of day. intimacy there. What? Lack of intimacy there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, like, terrible at the same time, like. It's just kind of weird, though. It's like, I don't know what the fuck you look like. <laughs> What's going on under there? Like, come on. Like, uh, I liked so. your other story better, but that's okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Uh, what, how about your worst date? Yeah, so mine, not overly exciting either, but this was this would have been 2019 when I first moved here, fired up Hinge like we were talking about, just yeah. to kind of meet some new people. And it would have been like probably a week before my birthday at the time. And we had decided to go to a taco joint on Riverside. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar. It's decent breakfast tacos, whatever. Never been. Um, so not an overly long story. But we go and we park up a taco joint. And I walk in with a girl. And she just starts screaming and freaking out. And I'm like, yo, what? <laughs> it turns out she had, and I'm not sure like the technical name for it, like a phobia of birds. Like there, there's birds flying around in Austin, Texas. And I mean, she's like, she's like grabbing me, freaking out. I'm like, yo, what? Like thinking like somebody pulled a gun or something. And like we could, like we couldn't even like go into the the taco joint. Literally, because like you, you had to go on. The, and there's like birds in on the roof. I'm like, have you ever like set foot outside ever? Like this is bizarre to me. I don't know where you can go. I, I come to find out this is like not normal, but other people have it. But I was like, dude, what a turn off. Whatever. If oddly enough. I like have met up with her again. Like she has resurfaced in a uh, <laughs> parallel friend group that sometimes joins together, oh, and we're actually going out for her birthday on a party barge in two weeks. What? Go figure. How crazy came by her a bird? Yeah, like oh my god, I I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. I was like, out of all fucking things, like spiders, snakes, sure, but birds, birds? really? Like I mean, flipping out, and I was like, I I, I didn't talk to her for. Probably a year after that until we met up again in a friend group. And I kind of felt bad when I saw her and, like, you know, it wasn't any hard feelings. But she's just a weirdo. I mean, cool girl, nice enough. But just, Is she crazy. still afraid of 
birds or i i i would think so i mean you got to get that together i mean it's nice in austin it's i just i was baffled i was beside myself i mean like, nobody likes grackles but god yeah like gotta, just just normal sparrows and shit you gotta deal with them <laughs> so single guy i go i've i've found i will never meet a girl off of <clears throat> the apps any of the apps unless we go to coffee because coffee is easy. Coffee is, hey, I can sit down with Hitler and have coffee for 15 <laughs> freaking minutes. And I'll go, hey, great meeting you. I'm out, right? So I walk into a Starbucks, meeting her at a Starbucks. Um, I walk in and, you know, I'm a little bit early, not like two or three minutes. And I come in. I go, okay, grab a cup of coffee, something there. And this, this girl, there's a girl like that I don't know that's in the back and uh, she stands up and she's like, she starts waving to me and I'm like, I just wave because I don't know who she is, but I know who the girl I'm meeting is. And she's, and so I'm still in line, get a cup of coffee, grab my cup of coffee. And, and she still, she gets up and starts waving to me. Well, this wildebeest that is waving to me (laughs) is the girl on the dating app. Okay. She looks like she ate someone. Okay. She's two people of the same person. And like, she was good looking about four or five years ago. Apparently no time stay damped time stamped uh, pictures. Uh, But so I go over and I, I, I figured it out really quick. I'm like, Oh, this is, let's call her Emily. This is Emily. I'm like, Oh, hi, Emily. And she comes over and she, you know, wants to hug. And you're like, okay, never met you before. And we sit down, we small talk. And, you know, she's like, oh my gosh, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, just tells me her life story. And within 15 minutes, I just go, hey, this is great. I've got a meeting and I got to go. But it was, and that's not like the worst date in the world. But I mean, it, it it's sucks. like, it does. It it's just, you, you just, almost feel like you were betrayed. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, was, like, I don't even know how you feel good about yourself because you know you're about to meet this person and you look nothing like your, how are you yeah. not self-conscious going into that? I don't know. I don't, Crazy. I have no idea. Always blows my mind. I mean, I've, I've gone on dates personally. Like, I don't know if it was like that drastic, but like they do not look like their pictures. And like, you almost feel like, I felt Catfished. I feel bad like no, not not like I I just feel like it's almost like you're like you're betrayed like it's like god damn like <laughs> like what um but that's why I do yeah. coffee dates cheap I know it's you're in there problem. you're yeah. out if it works out super if it doesn't work out yeah super you always have like that out and then if the date's going well oh, actually I don't have to leave till like 2 now you know yeah. I always used to do that like oh, I got to be somewhere by 6 just in case it sucked and you have that many outs. That's true. So what do you, what is your opinion about Austin, Texas? And I'll, why do you like it? Why do you dislike it, Alex? Austin, uh, I mean, it's just fun, energy. People are, are like similar, like kind of like, you know, mindsets on our age. Um, Not old dudes like us. No, no, there's, there's everyone, but... Uh, <laughs> Y'all are all right. <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> but it's like there's something going on all the time. Um, what don't you like about Austin, Texas? I mean, honestly, born and raised in like the San Antonio area, like it's it's changing a lot. It's uh, and it's like getting very busy. I like people Austin. that have only been here for like two or three years. They go, man, I like old Austin. I'm like, you've been here for two years. That's not what it used to be. That's not what it used to be. Yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, I see myself like going somewhere a little like quieter, maybe suburban, like, you know. It's always round rock, strip malls. Maybe, maybe round rock. Strap, strip malls. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I mean, for now, it's good. Cedar Park, round rock. Yeah. Something, yeah. No. <laughs> something else. Hayes County. Hayes County. Hot yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, Darren. Yeah. So same thing. Like I feel like a lot of, uh, folks like us kind of move here for the same like reasons, right? Like tons of things to do outdoors. Everybody's energetic. There's always something to do in Austin. I love the weather. I know that's a little controversial with the heat, but Hey, coming from a place where it's winter, six, seven months out of the year, I love it. Um, so that's what I like about it. Uh, yeah, mainly just, there's always something to do. Always like-minded people. Uh, what I don't like about it is certainly, how congested it feels. I mean, Austin, I don't think was ever built to kind of handle this type of growth. Uh, and I, I don't like uh, some of the homeless, uh, maybe conversation for another day. Um, but ultimately, you know, I go back and forth with when I go to purchase a, a personal home of mine, like if I'd like to have something still close by the city, it would be here in the East side or eventually, you know, when I'm not running around for work as much, do I want to maybe have a property out in like Lago Vista or something where you have a little bit of space, you're by Lake Travis. That's the other thing. I feel like when you're in Austin, you can travel, you know, 30 minutes away, an hour away, two hours away. And there's just like so much to do. There's so much to do inside the city. Then you go 40 minutes away, you're at Lake Travis and it feels like you're in a vacation resort half the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, um, so I definitely toy around with the idea or maybe having like dual properties, one up there that you're renting while you're kind of living here in East Austin. Uh, but ultimately, I mean, it's, it's definitely a, a tough city to get bored of, even when you're not going out and doing the whole party scene all the time. But if you, <clears throat> if you are listening to this and you're not in Austin, there's no room. Don't come. <laughs> Can, oh, you're yeah. not invited. We are, we're booked. Uh, yeah. We're booked. Uh, occupancy. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, what do you love about Austin? Uh, I love, I mean, it's, there's like always, yeah, there's always something to do. It's it's a very well-educated young population too, which I think is, uh, important and interesting. Um, and yeah, I mean, the tech scene is, is really great. The music scene is fantastic. Any night of the week, you can go hear really good music, you know, live if you really want to. Um, I hate basically, yeah, it, it is getting a little bit big for its britches for me. Um, as I get older, I, I feel more and more the pull to like buy property out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, um, you know, but I, I like it here. I'll be here for a while. Uh, the thing I like and hate about it is it's the best part about Austin it always has been is that it's a liberal city within a conservative state. Mm-hmm. Uh, the balance works, but it's the Republic of Austin, the Republic of Austin, the people's Republic of Austin. Um, I don't like the student city student council. I don't like, uh, I would, and I, and by no means do, I, I think it would, it, there's no way it's ever going to be a conservative city. And, and I, I get that, but I'd like to just be at least physical, physically conservative. I want to know where the money's going. That's all I really want to do. Yeah. When they have, the city council has, I don't have to get deep into it, but they have their own audit auditing uh, office that audits them. That's like, you auditing yourself. Yeah. Like, I, I would love to see a third party audit to see like literally where's the money going. Um, not a big fan. I'm glad Adler's gone, but you know, enough about politics, but I, it's to me, it's the best city I've ever lived in. And I've, uh, I really enjoy much like Joe says there's, and what's like you guys say, there's always something going on. 
Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, you should not ever wake up and go, I'm bored. Because there's just walk outside. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Except in the middle of the summer when it's 135 I love freaking degrees. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah, yeah no, no. And you can oh, just, like, yeah. what, like we can just, where we live, you can just stroll downtown casually. When you're in, like, these big cities, like, I mean, if you're in San Antonio, you're not just, like, kind of, like, walking into downtown. Like, I could just right. be on the nature trail in the Greenbelt, pop out, and I'm just downtown. Like, it's meshed with, like... Suburbs, like a little bit of urban, then you go a little outside and it's kind of more secluded. Get- it's nothing like these big metropolitan cities where you're yeah. just concrete jungle and then you go an hour out before you're in suburbia. It's kind of all here. In for Philly, you. are there homeless people that are tough enough to sit out six months of ice? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I guess so. I mean, there's it's just it's a different breed of homeless people down here, though. <laughs> the heat, the heat doesn't bother them. At I all. guess the heat no. makes them go a little crazy, huh? So okay, uh, now it's your guys' turn. You have an astrophysicist right here, astrophysicist, a PhD in astrophysics. You have a retarded third grader that doesn't understand what he says. I was in the military. I grew up in the military. I was in the military for forever. What questions do you have for us, ladies and gentlemen? Mm. Astrophysics, think about it. How did how did you get into the field that you're you're an astrophysicist? Correct? I did. I was. Okay. I was. Okay. How did? And then what are you right now? Uh, I work at a startup called SpyCloud. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, I, I went the corporate route. Um, how did you kind of like? How did your? Because obviously we're like millennials and we're kind of like doing our own thing over here. Yeah, yeah. But like, how did you kind of like get your? Figure out the way that you wanted to do it because you have a uh, your doctor as well. You got your doctorate. Yeah. How did you kind of like go to the trajectory you're at? Yeah, I've seen no fucking proof that you're a doctor, but go ahead. Piece of paper. I haven't seen that. (laughs) (laughs) Never showed it to me. (laughs) Uh, No, like when I went to college, yeah, same. So like I was actually, yeah. Once my got to college, my freshman year was kind of, uh, I would say it was a write off, like more of a postgraduate year from high school. Didn't know what to do. Um, ended up taking an astronomy class from a really good professor um, my sophomore year and started working with him, doing research, and like got into computers that way. It was kind of how I got into it. Um, so yeah, did you know? Once I found that, like that kind of gave me gave me uh, a direction to go, and I really liked it. So went all through undergrad, um, straight through grad school. Um, was in college for a decade, you know, uh, all told, and then did research for like four years, postdoc research, and yeah, kind of the same way. Like I got really burnt out. Um, like it's a, it's a real grind doing that. You got to work sixty plus hours a week, uh, so that got to be a real grind, especially not making shit for money, like making forty k a year working. Oof. Six hours too. Sixty plus, yeah. Like yeah, on a good week. Were you, were you a TA ever in college? Yeah, oh yeah. How much did that make? Uh, I don't like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I actually owed money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> took out loans. Why? Right? I mean, yeah. I can't believe astrophysics. Why not ask him about oh, spaceships? What uh, UFOs? Oh, what yeah. the fuck? Well, hey, I didn't go yet. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because yeah, we were talking a little bit about your fascination with space. And I was trying to think of, like, how to not make this, like, a loaded question. But I guess, like, what aspect about space or whether maybe it's, like, planets, like, I don't know, yeah. like, fascinates you the most, I guess, and why? Like, uh, uh, I I mean, my research is in, like, galaxies and, and the stuff even between galaxies, which always fascinated me just because it's so, there's, it's just so fucking big. Like, space is so massive. Yeah, and you it? see these pictures of, like, galaxies. 
And what you know, it's really hard to fathom that there's like hundreds of billions of stars and hundreds of billions of planets inside each one of those galaxies that we see. So just like the whole scale of the universe and how big it is and how like small we are looking out, and it just always has, uh, you know, it, it really is something that's awesome. You know, just inspires awe. You yeah, like you said, you can't even fathom it. So I guess like. Um You'd be convinced, or you think like there's definitely got to be some other life form somewhere in something this. I fast. do, yeah. There's I no do. way it can be just us. I think okay. just on the numbers game, yeah. Yeah, yeah just I mean, pure numbers. Yeah, yeah. If be. you ever met a stalag Morty, you would know there's other life forms out there. <laughs> <laughs> Morty, not of this planet. Not of this planet. <laughs> Been around here for millions of years. Yeah, yeah. No, but he's a uh, he's an interesting cat. Uh, I met him on a golf course. He told this golf cart chick that he was a doctor. She got his credit card. She goes, oh, my arm hurts. Let me go check this out. He's a goddamn PhD in astrophysics. He's not a doctor to help you. Oh yeah. But I, I checked it out. Though. I know. you. Yeah. Were, no, thanks, doctor. Thanks. I think yeah. it was fine. Doctor's yeah. a doctor, right? No, yeah. 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 I've, still, I've never seen his degree. I don't really know if he's a doctor. I, and, like, I, I, I'm an I'm a astrophysics, but I work with computers. Okay. I don't know where they they come together, but a lot of us are going that way these days. Everybody's us, jumping ship. Us, us, astrophysics. Yeah, which is did you know astrophysics? He is an astronomer. 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 I can't say the word. Jesus, you are a third grader. I am a third grader. Third grader. I, I, I <laughs> first one who said I was. I am Bro, a third grader. You did grader. admit to it, but yeah, yeah. I got my undergraduate degree in football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was the CTE that explains a lot. It does explain a lot. What? Where am I? Where, Where am I? Yeah, I don't know. No, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, we have a interesting. I love Clifford because we have an eclectic bunch of people that live up and down our street, and it's uh, uh sometimes interesting, sometimes not so much interesting. Yeah. But uh, like the third guy that's in charge of the. Do you guys go to the Verde? Major League Soccer. Oh, I've, I haven't been yet. Have you been? No, I haven't, no, I haven't been there either. I don't like soccer. <laughs> Big football fan. It's not football. It's not football. It's not football. That's I don't not know. So how much do you hate the Cowboys? I loathe the Cowboys with every fiber of my being. Every fiber oh, of your man. being. Really? Oh, my God. I hate them so much. Why, where is this deep-seated hatred? Well, I'm well, from, he's from Philadelphia. Philly, he's so, an Eagles fan. So it's born in you that it's a rivalry, but on top yeah. of it all, they've been wildly unsuccessful for the better part of 30 years, yet – the yeah. national media still makes them out to be a big thing every hey, year. they like, are the most valuable sports team in the United it's States. Like, Good dude. marketing, right? I guess, yeah. I mean, hey, I'll give them that. But it's just like, oh, my God. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I shouldn't be that mad because I haven't won shit in 30 years. But it's just like, no matter what, man, they're always lurking there. But, I mean, to be fair, my hate for them is what makes the rivalry so fun, right? Like, if I didn't hate them then what fun would it be? Because when the Eagles aren't playing, I'm equally as excited to watch the Cowboys hopefully lose. Do you, um, did you save your Super Bowl tears in a container at all? That was, I was yeah. actually in Arizona for that. Uh, yeah, that one hurt. That one hurt. Uh, you know, we lost to a superior team in the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, there's no shame in that. It's how we lost. And being out there the whole week. That place must hype, have been completely oh, packed popping. because – no, but it was packed because they had the uh, Waste Management Golf Tournament there. Yeah, uh, I, was, so, I was working there a little bit. Oh, were you yeah, really? I, I was out there for a gig and then ultimately was got a, a, an opportunity to drive some minority owners around for the Philadelphia Eagles. Wild, the connections you make through 
some of this stuff. What were you doing uh, for Out There's a Gig? Same thing. Like, uh, they have, um, so a buddy of mine back home basically is connected with somebody in Phoenix, Arizona, and they have like a like a luxury concierge service somewhat. Uh-huh. So they basically put me up in one of their, it was an Infinity the one day and the Beamer X7 the other day. And we were just, they have like these contracts with people and we were essentially just like, Kind of like their private show first for the week, so it was very different from what I do in TaskRabbit. And they slid you chilling. They slid you Super Bowl ticket. Oh, so I didn't know. I was like working. Oh. I was outside at the stadium because okay. we literally drove the minority owners. Like went and picked them up in um, Paradise Valley. It's called, right. you know, and drove them right up, like right up to the front gates, like the back entrance of the Super Bowl. I saw Gronkowski. Like I, I saw the halftime show come in. Like you were just like in the middle of everything, but I wasn't in the stadium watching oh. the game. That would have been next level, but uh, hey, man, hell of an experience. But the next day, I was broken. I was just like, wow, after all that, just to just to let it founder, huh? You should save, the, <laughs> so. save those tears, put them in the freezer. <laughs> hey, we got Jalen Hurts. He, he's gonna get his. He's gonna so, get his revenge. Yeah, I I'm uh, I I crack up because I'm a 49ers fan, and the Niners, who I hate, I hate. So I grew up with the Niners. The ones I hate is Seattle Seahawks fans, and like. What I try to do is when they lose the Niners, I try to go around and collect all their tears, put it in a little Ziploc bag, put it in the refrigerator, and try to grow my fucking hair back with it. You know, just rub it in. How's that working See, out for you? Not well. No. Not well. <laughs> there's, not, there's nothing in science that'll tell you that that'll work out well. Yeah. No. But I hate, like, you hate the, you hate the Cowboys. Oh, my God. I hate the Seahawks. So, a lot of these new age 49ers fans, especially their, um, like, their players, have a lot of beef with the Eagles, and I don't quite get it. I respect the 49ers. I love the way they play defense. They're gritty. I've never really – But they're hating on us. Uh, Debo Samuel, like, huh. what the hell, man? Like, I mean, I get it. We can be rough, but uh, why the hell are you hating on us more than your own divisional rivals? It's like, stay in your lane, man. You guys have had success. We've had success. No. I have no beef with those 49ers until this past year. Yeah, I have no beef with the Eagles. So I'll never go to a game there. Smart. I'll never be caught dead in Philadelphia with – during a sporting event, because you'll probably be dead in Philadelphia. They're maniacs. They're, they're, they take it too far. They're, they're nuts. They're freaking nuts. Now, San Antonio, did you grow up with uh, who Who do you like? I was a big Spurs fan. So ever since I was like, used to go to the games. Excuse like, me, we were talking football. Football, no. Never really had a team, honestly. Born when did your parents find out you were gay? <laughs> no. So I, my dad, he never liked pro football. So I never got into it. Uh, big Longhorns fan, so my dad and my sister. When did you find out your dad was gay? No, I mean, <laughs> I haven't found that out still. Actually, still. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but um, non-binary. Big, of course. <laughs> big Longhorn fan because my dad and sister went to school there, and then uh, Spurs also. So used to go to the games at the Alamo Dome um, back in the day, like Tim Duncan, David Robinson. Did you go to the game? What did you think about them playing up here? Did you like that? It was cool. I mean, the Spurs aren't the Spurs. It just no. doesn't feel right anymore. So I'm like, kind of like lost touch with it. But back in the day, you know, David Robinson, the uh, did you you know his story? I mean, the Admiral, you know, the Admiral. Do yeah. you know his story? No, yeah, but his story that he went to, he went to the academy, he uh-huh. went to Naval Academy in Annapolis. He did, yeah. And um, he, when he first got in there, he was striving to become a submariner. And they have a, they have height cutoffs. They have height cutoffs for for pilots. They have height cutoffs for things. And the, I don't know how tall he was like six foot eleven something. Oh like yeah, that. I think he's like seven foot. Seven Our foot. Our listed the, yeah. the seven foot. And they're like, yeah. Yeah, this isn't gonna work. No, 
Yeah, that's never going to work. No. That's crazy. But he was one of the first guys that they allowed to um, to play basketball and do reserve duty. And they've, they've gone back and forth on that on the academy side. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was uh, the admiral. That's crazy. Back yeah. in the day. No, he was so good. But so here's here's a question I have to ask you guys. Because um, I have a feeling that uh, do you have friends that went in the military is there, did you guys ever think about going in the military? I thought about it pretty strongly, at least like, so when I was working like my corporate America job at Ford Credit, I, I literally like, I, a lot of my friends were in the military, mm-hmm. like some of my best friends in Colorado Springs, cause there's the air force and the army base right there. And, um, and then I kept asking, them, I was like, Oh, how do you like the military? Blah, blah, blah. Cause I was like, I need something like I'm, I'm so like done with this job. And so there's a Marine, um, marine uh you know recruiting thing and so i went went into the marine office still in like my uh you know business casual stuff and uh i took like the little test that they had and then they have like a pull-up bar there mm-hmm. and i'm still in like my like business attire and they're like okay get on the pull-up bar and so i did it i think i did like 11 or 12 pull-ups but um which is not the best but they're like okay that works um i never like went through with it but i mean it has like crossed my mind for sure. Cause I mean, I, I, I tend to gravitate towards people that, you know, are currently in the military or have been in the military. I'd like, I've always had friends like that just cause like our same kind of personalities, like very disciplined, you know, structured, like all kinds of stuff. That's like how I live my life. And so we kind of see eye to eye. Um, so I've definitely, I mean, it, I'm, I, I don't know when the cutoff is, but you know, it's, it's still 32. 32? Yeah. Is it really? Yeah coming up um yeah. so but it, i There's mean it's waverable all the way in national guard like up to 36 gotcha um definitely thought about it my sister was actually in the air force so um she she went to school at upenn actually in philadelphia um and then to pay for that she um she went to get her doctorate as well to, as a dentist but she went through the air force route and so um she no served college for, no college debt no college debt yeah. now the air force paid for it how about um, you, Darren? Yeah, so uh, my grandfather was in the military. Oddly enough, like, I don't, like, it fits the bill for me. I can't believe I didn't have, like, more of a desire to pursue that. I've, you know, kind of like how I met you and kind of how we've built this friendship a little bit, so to speak. Uh, I've met, like, plenty of uh, gym buddies that have been in and out of the military, like, mainly Marines. Um, and, yeah, same kind of thing. I like that you said that it seems like a lot of us kind of structure our life the same way, very disciplined. I mean, I like to shoot guns. I, I like to be fit. Um, you know, I always – I like to help people. I like to protect. So while I've never, for whatever reason, really thought about pursuing the military, I guess because none of, like um, – like other than my grandfather, it's not like my dad or anybody was in it. I, I for a long, long time considered being a cop. Uh, I have cousins that are now uh, Homeland Security, FBI. Uh, another grandfather that was a cop for 29 years. Uh, my dad aspired to be a cop for a long, long time uh, before having a serious back injury that kind of tabled that dream. Um, but yeah, it's just like one of those things. Like I just, I just love the idea of like helping and protecting certain people. Um, it's just like, you know, not like being a hero, so to speak, but in a way, yeah. Like I like the idea of just like getting rid of like just dirty, bad people in a lot of ways. So I can't believe it's so Which is third world country. Yeah, like it's, it's wild. That's why like for how much I used to fantasize and want to be a cop, it was just at the time, like there were certain lifestyle things that I didn't know if I could get by with. Uh, you know, I used to 
smoke and stuff like that. And I was like, ah, well, I guess I could never be a cop because I've smoked weed before, right? And um, so, like, I I mean, I sound silly, but that was, like, one of the things that kind of drove me away. But, like, I just, yeah, I definitely have that desire to help and just help people. Like, if I saw, you know, like, an innocent person or, like, especially, like, a woman, like, you know, getting beat up on the street or something by a man, it's, like, my natural inkling would be to, like, want to hurt them and put them away and, like, make them pay for that. Like, you know what I mean? It's like maybe growing up watching too much Spider-Man and Batman. I don't know. (laughs) I would shoot my web at them. Yeah, like, it's just, yes, I've always definitely, yeah, in a way have gravitated towards a lot of those folks and, like, had some of my best relationships or friendships, I should say, uh, with folks that were in the military and and were cops. I think I would be very jaded if I was police officer, though. It seems like you could easily get also... Super burnt out. Oh, for sure. And hate humanity. I, yeah, you're seeing the worst part of it all the time. So yeah, I, I and, get it. And dealing pe- with scumbags all the time. A lot yeah. of people don't like you. you yeah. Know, like, yeah, you have like, a- So it's, uh, you sh- anytime you show up, it's usually, it's not Some, good. Somebody's worst day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you, you do something and it's like nowadays, it's like, God, you touch anybody. It's like, oh man, police brutality and all this. It's like, so yeah, I feel like you could very well be in a dangerous position being a cop. Um, and again, that's not necessarily why I gave it up, but it's something I was even... My neighbor's a sheriff uh, for here in Austin, and I was even telling him, and he's like, yeah, you would make a great cop. And this is another one other thing. I was always, like, thinking I was kind of undersized, but yeah. uh, just, like, being a shorter guy. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, not at all. You, you yeah. do just fine. No. Like, <laughs> I actually I applied to the APD Academy. This was – yeah, I don't know if you knew that. Uh, yeah, so I applied to, like, AFD. I didn't get it in because that's really competitive. And then I d- applied to APD, and I got through the – so they make you take a physical, which is um, 1.5 mile run, and a 500 meter row. It's intense. Like, and then and then <laughs> stop. Row, rowing is intense. Rowing's hard. A 500 meter sprint. Anyways, so they did that, and then you have like your uh, written portion, and then I got through everything. But the thing was like, kind of like what you said, like I don't do drugs. I don't even drink that much. Anymore. Maybe you should. But but the thing was, they asked me like on my first application. I filled it out, and then they're like, have you ever smoked weed? I was like, yeah, like when I was in Colorado, it was illegal in Colorado, but like I didn't do it all the time. I did it like yeah. once in a while, and then so I checked yes, and this was like three years before I applied, and then automatic, sorry, you're disqualified. That's total bullshit, That's right? stupid. Yeah, I know, it's dude, very stupid. I, I have caught friends that I see smoking weed when they're not like, when they're off to, I'm like, I know. Really? I mean, yeah, it's, it's but it's like, anyways, but like, and so I told my cop friends that like, you know, told me to apply. And they're like, oh, dude, just apply again. I was like, okay. So I applied again. I used um, a different name. Same, no, same name, same social security number, same everything. I just used a different email address. And then it went through. And I didn't tell them I smoked weed. Yeah. Um, and then so I I took the um, the written portion, passed that, took the physical, did, did well on that. And then the big thing was I was nervous was the polygraph. Because they ask you, obviously, like, have you done drugs? And I was like, no. There, and the interviewer was like, um, so there is some deception. Do you want to tell me anything about the it? The thing actually just caught fire, sir. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you are lying. Um, but um, no. my buddy my buddy applied for uh, DEA. He was uh, Special Forces, became a helicopter pilot, went to DEA. Yeah. Took the uh, – now we do uh, – we have a TSSCI clearance. So we already had a clearance. Um, so they did a polygraph on him, and they, they said uh, – you know, it gave him, you know, baseline questions, figured out, you know, where his baseline was. And they asked him all these questions like, have you ever done, uh, done, you know, any drugs? He, he hadn't. And he goes, uh, so you're married. Have you ever cheated on your wife? He goes, yeah, I cheated on my wife. And it was a girl that was, that was doing the polygraph. 
And she's looking at him, and she goes, how many times have you cheated on your wife? And she, he goes, uh, a lot. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and, like, she stops the thing, and she goes, so you're, you know you're doing a polygraph test, and that thing goes, well, I'm not lying. And she goes, <laughs> and she goes fair enough. <laughs> she no goes, way. And he got the job. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it's uh, uh. The, the way to defeat a uh, lie detector test to, to win. Just don't lie. That's it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Easy enough. All right. We're going to call it a quit today. It's been great having you guys in here. Uh, Dr. Joe has gotten a phone call. He's in surgery in about 15 minutes. Not quite sure what that really means. But uh, before we go, we're going to thank our, uh, thank both, uh, both Alex and Darren for coming in and telling us what's going on millennial. Uh, Also, you guys, do you guys own cowboy boots? Not yet. I have, yet. I have oh, like one or two pairs. I need, yeah. I need a cowboy yeah. hat. Our uh, our sponsor yeah. is Cheezo's Boots, the best damn boots in Texas. Uh, on 3507 South 1st Street, Chief Texan's name is Will Roman. They're having a big get-together on J- uh, June 3rd out there at 3507. It's uh, free boots, free music, free everything. Come on out. So if you guys are in town and want to go check out some of the best pair of boots you'll ever find in Austin, Texas, hit up Cheezo's Boots. Thanks, Joe, for being here. Thanks for setting you in. Can't wait to talk to you again in another week. Episode three is in the books. We have the millennials done. Uh, you guys were great. Thanks for not lying to us. And uh, I hate you all, millennials. I hate you all. See you later. <laughs>